Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. From the Coast View studio right here in co- beautiful coastal Mississippi. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making this such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Today we actually have a special edition of Coast View. Normally we have Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune every Friday. But given the news of Sean Payton's retirement, we decided that we would air the show on Thursday this week uh, since we had this opportunity to uh, touch base with uh, with Jeff and get the latest. So we'll, before going any further, let me just welcome Jeff Duncan back to Cozy. How you doing, my friend? Ricky, I'm doing great. It's been a busy, uh, busy week, and uh, it's going to get busier in the, in the days ahead. Well, as I have said so many times, you wrote the book on John, Sean Payton. Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Uh, extraordinarily well uh, written book. It's a great read. It helps you understand why uh, all the numbers are in his favor when you think about history making you know, in, in just about every respect. It holds about every single major uh, 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 record at the, at the Saints organization. And, you know, before we get into Sean Payton, because you have great insights, uh, you had hoped that this was just more end of the season noise and that this would not turn out the way it was. But as you pointed out to me during the break, you had a lot of breadcrumbs out over the weekend and you had concerns that this might happen. And we'll come back to that in just a second. But what I wanted to do real quick is just commend you. I've mentioned this before, but if uh, if listeners have not signed up for the NOLA.com uh, Times Picayune Saints newsletter. This would be a good time to do it because, as all you know, the new coaches is, is hired and all the stuff that they have to deal with as it relates to free agency and uh, the draft and the salary cap and all that. I mean, this team, uh, I got a newsletter today, and you go down this newsletter, and I can't, it's just too long to share all the aspects of it, but. This team at NOLA.com at Times Picayune, I cannot imagine another team doing as good as you guys have done. Multiple stories. I don't. I mean, I mean lots and lots of stories related to this. It, it, it demonstrates an incredibly well-planned and executed strategy involving columnists, uh, journalists, uh, photographers, historical perspective, Man, dude, I'm impressed. I came from, obviously, I know the team, but but the bottom line is, I mean, it's just incredibly well executed. So you guys were planning for this. You were ready if it happened, and it happened, and you were ready. So what do you have to say about it? Well, thank you. That's that's very kind, Ricky. I know you know how that all works. So uh, coming from you, it means a lot. And yeah, we, we had 17 stories yesterday in one day it just shows you uh the manpower we have devoted we understand how important the saints are to our readership and to the entire gulf coast i mean they're they go beyond the football team they're part of the social fabric of our culture and uh sean payton is the winningest coach in history and, and the news of him stepping down uh certainly uh was a massive story and uh we were ready for it. We, we we started to get as i was telling you before we went on air um, when I wrote my column last week, uh, that was all the information I had. And everyone I talked to said he was uh, going through the postseason soul searching that he always does. And then eventually he, he, everyone felt confident he would come around. 
and uh, come back on board, including Gail Benson, who said yesterday the exact same thing. Uh, but by the weekend, I'd say by Friday night, I started getting some information that it was very serious and that nobody knew what was going to happen. And the fact that his own coaching staff, people close to him were not in the loop at all, were not being told what was going on, really sent up some flares for me. And then when I found out over the weekend, actually, Ricky, that his he'd sold his house, uh, that also was obviously a sign that this was serious. It wasn't uh, like these past incidences he's had. Yeah, I, I listened to the entire press conference this morning, and um, he sat down with Gail Benson, Dennis Lashow, Mickey Loomis. That had, you know, he talked about how tough it was. You know, how do you leave? He said, in some ways, it's, it's easier to get fired because you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have all this reflection and whatever. But, you know, he'd been with these guys for so long, man, and it had to have been one of the toughest things he's ever done. Yeah, I, I don't think this was an easy decision at all because he's got a good team. He likes the people he's working with. He likes New Orleans. Uh, as he said, it's hard to be the one to force yourself to walk out in the cold. I mean, that's what he's doing, basically. He doesn't really have a plan. Now, I think he's probably got some things in the works that he's not revealing to everyone, uh, but there's no plan to coach. I know that. And uh, that was never really part of the equation. I mean, if he was going to coach this year, Ricky, he was going to be in New Orleans. And so all yeah. these other reports of him going to other teams, I knew that was never the case. It was going to mm -hmm. be recharge your batteries, sit out a year, walk away from the game, kind of take some time with your family and maybe do some media work and then figure it out from there. But it was never going to be going to the Dallas Cowboys uh, and leaving the Saints. You guys covered it from every angle. There was even a story about how he used the technique not to cry. <laughs> so you literally covered it from every single angle. Did, yeah, did it surprise it? you that he wasn't emotional? Well, you know, he's an amazing um, communicator. He was a communications major at Eastern Illinois. Uh, it's one of his great strengths as a coach. Uh, his players and coaches will tell you that. I mean, he, he can really reach people. He understands how to communicate, and he's he's honest to a fault, I think, sometimes. I mean, he's not afraid to be confrontational, uh, and it's uh, you know he carries a room. He definitely knows how to carry a room and, and speak in front of people. And yesterday was pretty extraordinary. I mean, he was there for 93 minutes, Ricky, uh, yeah. at that press conference. 93 minutes. Uh, yeah. You know, on, on Tuesday. And look, that, that word started breaking. I got a text. I, I'll just give you a little background. It was pretty amazing yesterday because I ended up breaking a huge story about Gail Benson and the Saints organization taking over the uh, Crescent City Classic, the big road race here in town. Uh, that broke at 6 a.m. We released that uh, on Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. It feels like a lifetime ago now. But, uh, you know, we, we'd broken that story. I was dealing with some of that uh, responses. And then I was at the Saints Hall of Fame Selection Committee lunch at Impostato's out in Metairie, Impostato's restaurant. And I started getting texts from some of my sources that this was going down. And I was stuck in this luncheon with all the other media that covers the Saints and trying to not tip my hand about what was going on, trying to break the story uh, while I was surrounded by some of my competitors. So it was uh, kind of a crazy scene and, and a crazy morning. We all ended up leaving in the middle of the luncheon. We didn't even get to vote on the Hall of Fame in the room. We had to, everybody had to scramble and get out and get prepared for the press conference. 
Really incredible. He said at the beginning, uh, you can, you know, obviously he had thoughts about what he wanted to say, but he just kind of spoke from the heart. He uh, brought hundreds of king cakes with him, and he said that he was going to stay there until the last reporter to the last question was was asked, and 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 in a way, it was he was pretty pretty calm and collected, and you can tell he really thought a lot about it. But it was it must have been something to be behold being there. Yeah, I thought he even uh, appeared relieved to me. You know, the longer he talked, the more comfortable he got. And I think it was a weight off of his shoulders. I think he'd been weighing this decision. He knew a lot of other people were going to be affected by it. And I thought what he said was totally true. Uh, I've seen a lot of criticism of coaches, other coaches when they leave. And and he said, you know, there's really no good way to do it. You know, I know Brian Kelly got, got criticized when he left Notre Dame. It's a hard thing to accomplish. I mean, you can't tell everybody. And he couldn't afford to let very many people into his inner circle. I mean, he went yeah. dark on me. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, gonna be let in on this decision. And neither were some of his closest colleagues, and including his own coaching staff, because he felt like he couldn't afford to let it leak out. So he really kept his circle tight. And that's why I think it was so surprising to so many people. Of course, um, we'll talk more as we as we continue the conversation about the legacy he leaves and what that all means. It's quite incredible, and particularly when you think about when he came to the Saints and his incredible um, fond memories of why he came here, his relationship to Tom Benson, how that all played into this thing, the, the, big, the big risk that Mickey Loomis took bringing this young guy over. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really it's, it's hard to believe actually now looking back that so much time has gone by because I can literally picture what was happening in 2006. I know you can too, but it's it's a uh, boy time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, I made that point in my column. I mean, his youngest uh, child, Connor Payton, was five years old when Sean took the job. Now he's a junior at Texas Christian University. So. Basically, Connor's grown up. I mean, he hadn't even started grade school yet. And now he's all, all the way getting ready to get out of college. That's a long time. Unprecedented yeah. with the Saints organization and pretty much uh, a rarity in this modern coaching era to go 16 years. So long. the collective reaction for Saints fans all over the Gus South is, oh, my God. Then the next thing is. Oh, uh, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the next head coach of the New Orleans Saints? We're going to talk about Sean Payton's legacy and some thoughts about who that next head coach might be and whether the Saints are in a good position today. they got great ownership group. That Everyone in the industry knows that. So that, there's going to be a lot of people, I think, beyond just the local coaches that might want to come here because they know there's a solid ownership group. We'll continue this conversation with Jeff Duncan on the other side. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to a very special edition 
of Coastview with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune as we talk about the retirement of Sean Payton and what that means to the city of New Orleans, the region, and to the Saints organization specifically. We'll come back to legacy in just a second, uh, uh, Jeff, but I mean, when you think about who that next coach might be, I mean, who's top of mind for you? Well, I think Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, has to be considered the front runner. Uh, he's already in the building. They're familiar with his work. I know he's highly valued by Mickey Loomis, who's going to end up making this decision. And he's been a head coach before. He coached in, in Oakland for three years. Uh, he, he's familiar with the personnel here in the building. And just knowing how the organization works, Ricky, uh, they value that stability and continuity. I and mean, we've seen it over and over with every decision they make. So I think that they have to open up the search uh, by NFL requirements. They have to interview uh, multiple candidates, including at least two minority candidates. So this is not going to happen overnight. They're going to have to go through the process. Uh, but someone's going to have to knock their socks off, I think, to take this job away from Dennis Allen. I think that's how big a front runner he is right now. And, and it's not, of course, not just Dennis. And you think about all the other assistant coaches and then the the, the team the team of coaches that work for them and then the recruitment side and the work that they that what they've done to build such a strong team you, I mean for I mean just as a Saints fan I'd love to see that continuity I would hate to see them blow it up but they're not gonna blow it up are they Jeff no not at all I mean I think they know this roster is is a playoff caliber roster and they just need to make some tweaks in the offseason address some personnel issues like every team in the league. But if you were to plug in Dennis Allen as the head coach, I think it would be very easy uh, to see Pete Carmichael promoted, uh, you know, to, to handle the offensive side. He's been doing that for 16 years. And I think with all the stuff that they've learned from Sean Payton over the years, uh, this train could keep going pretty smoothly. I think the transition would be pretty, pretty seamless. So you in your book you wrote about this and you and I've talked about this before, but the 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 offense that Sean Payton created is one that you referred to as needing to have a PhD in offense. Well, you just pointed out, I mean, Pete Carmichael's been in the system going to school for sixteen years. Um, do you think that Pete Carmichael has the sort of strategic and tactical capabilities and creative capabilities that Sean Payton has? that makes him, makes him such a great and sort, sort of sought-after play caller? Well, I mean, I think he's proven that, Ricky. I mean, in the past, I mean, Sean Payton wasn't here for the 2012 season. Obviously, uh, that they didn't win a lot of games that year. I think they were 7-9, and nine, but, but they set some records offensively during that season. Uh, and he's called the plays before for different stints. Uh, he knows this offense like the back of his hand. So I don't think there's going to be much, as long as he stays on board, I'm assuming that uh, will happen. But you never know. If they hire an outside candidate, they may have their own ideas. Uh, but I would think uh, Pete Carmichael, his reputation in the building is so strong that he would be a serious candidate to keep this offense intact. Uh, I think the less change that they can uh, engender right now, the better, because losing someone like Sean Payton, I think it goes beyond the X's and O's with him. It's more about... Uh, the mental toughness, the leadership. Uh, we've talked about on the show before, his ability to not make excuses, to not allow people to use that as a crutch, the injuries, the the in, infect, you know, the COVID infections. Uh, that's, to me, the greatest part of Sean Payton's coaching 
is more the the mental approach, the mental toughness that he instills in his teams uh, beyond just uh, the offensive records and all the wins. He put a lot of focus on character, you know, and, and and following through and leadership and all of that. I mean, you and I have chatted about this before, but and we did a little bit more during the break. But the culture, the Saints culture, it starts at the top of the organization. It goes through, you know, again, through the ownership, through Dennis, through Mickey, through his organization, through the head coach and his organization. Building a winning culture like they've done, I mean, Sean Payton is critical to that, but he's not the only one who contributed toward building a winning culture. So hopefully, now that the culture is in place, there's a great book called Built to Last, which says that a, may, a major leader can leave an organization, but if he leaves inside that organization, enduring core values that 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 are beyond just one person, but, but built into the culture of the company, in this case, uh, football organizations, then the organization can stand the test of time. That's literally the book is about it. It gives very specific research around it. And um, and you know, with Sean leaving, certainly he's a charismatic leader. Certainly he's this noted history making head coach. But hopefully he has left and the others around him have left the the enduring core values that can make sure the Saints become that organization that stands the test of time. That's what your hope is, isn't it? Well, I think that's a great point, Ricky. And, and and Sean alluded to that during his press conference that he feels like that they've established these best practices and, and and that the atmosphere and culture inside the building is strong enough now that even if he left, uh, it would stand on its own. And I think certainly that's going to be, I think, a feather in the cap of someone like Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael to keep this job because they they understand that uh, this is a successful formula that they have. They've won more games than any team in the league except the Kansas City Chiefs the last five years. Uh, that's not by accident. They know how to win. When Sean Payton missed the Bucks game this year, they went down to Tampa and won without him with Dennis Allen as the interim head coach. So uh, there's reason to believe that, that this transition will continue to be successful. Enduring core values. Uh, there are great examples. When Sam Walton died and Walmart continued to evolve and had built into the system the ability to, to, again, stand the test of time. I pray that's what happens for the Saints because as a Saints fan, I don't want to watch a rebuilding effort. And I, I do know that that this team has a specific set of requirements. As you've just talked about before, we're trying to keep the core, the defense, and the offense intact. Uh, we've got some we've got some salary cap issues that have to be dealt with. We've got to get a got to get a quarterback. But I hope that that's where the focus is. The focus is not on starting from scratch. That would just as a Saints fan, I'd hate to see it because we may never be back again. We never we, we may never find this place where we are today if we if we start from scratch. Certainly, they're thinking that way. Well, and look, you've lost two really generational talents as, as, as coach and quarterback in Breeze and Peyton within one year. Uh, so that's going to be a challenge, but there's a lot of talent in that building. I think Mickey Loomis, Jeff Ireland at the top, uh, Kai Harley. I mean, there's a lot of strong um, leaders and managers that understand what it takes to win in this league. So I think there's reason for Saints fans to be optimistic. I, I think the biggest issue they have going forward and this would have been true if sean were still coaching is they have to figure out what they're going to do with the quarterback position and that's not an easy solution every team in the league wants to find an elite quarterback and ricky anybody that watched 
those divisional playoff games this weekend and saw the level of play by those quarterbacks, you realize how important it is to win at this league. Boy, the Buffalo-Kansas City game. I've literally never seen anything like it before. And you've talked, you know, I've talked about it before. You have to have an elite quarterback to win these days. You can't, you can't just have a strong defense. And boy, if that was ever going to be put on sort of uh, exhibition for us to see that reality, that was the game to watch. That was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, elite quarterbacks playing uh, at the top of their game. And I know a lot of people said, oh, the defenses were. Weren't very good. I'm telling you, when you see elite quarterbacks on the, in the zone like that, it doesn't matter who's playing defense. They could have the 85 Bears, and it wasn't going to yeah. stop those guys. I've seen Drew Brees get like that and light yeah. up really good defenses, and that's what we were watching. Uh, it, it doesn't get any better than what we watched uh, over the weekend. I, I hated it for Josh Allen. I don't like the NFL's overtime rule, buddy. I think that – you know, just a flip of a coin and a game like that, it demonstrated why Josh Allen needed to have an opportunity to come back. I wish there were some college uh, approach or whatever. I bet you've been hearing a lot about that yourself, haven't you? Yeah, it was it was brought up uh, yesterday, a uh, day before at the um, the Saints Hall of Fame lunch. I mean, everyone had a different idea. I'm with you. I think both teams ought to have the ball at some point. I don't I don't like the fact that uh, one team doesn't get uh, to touch the football, and I've seen that. Work in the Saints' favor before where they've won games that way. I've seen them lose games like that. I don't think it, it leaves a good taste in anybody's mouth, especially, you know, supreme competitors like Josh Allen and the Bills. I, I think about their fan base, and I know we talk all the time about Saints fans and the heartbreak they've endured, but good goodness. I mean, the, the Buffalo Bills 0-4 in the Super Bowl, and, and then to lose a game that way, uh, that's tough to, tough to deal with. A coin flip. A coin flip, because you know, conceivably, at least based on how that game ended, conceivably, if you had a situation where each team had to have the ball on offense, that could have been one of the most dynamic, the most well-watched playoff game in the history of it, the NFL, if it would have been allowed to continue. But it would have just been incredible, wouldn't it, buddy? Yeah, and uh, it was just unfortunate, but what a game. What an incredible, incredible performance. I say it all the time. I tweeted it out. NFL is the best content in television history. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that, the, the numbers on that game were unbelievable. Anyway, Jeff Duncan, thank you for joining us on this special edition of Coast View with Sean Payton's retirement. We'll stay in touch. Look forward to talking to you next week, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Ricky. Take care, bud. You bet. Take care. Have a have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You might be saying see you, see you Monday, but we'll see you tomorrow with Coast View on Friday. See you then. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.